0: Hey, As-salamu alaykum wa warahmatullah. How are you, family? Thank you so much for being here. And as I always mention, just to give you guys context, it takes a minute for us to roll over on social media and for people to be notified of this podcast. If you wouldn't, humbly, just for a moment, um, mute your. Um, microphones, just so I could do the proper introductions. Assalamu alaykum fam, the Muslim Woman Podcast family. Assalamu alaykum Jamila. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum, Shaheed. Make sure you guys come in and give salams. It keeps the barakah. salam, asia in this particular broadcast. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. Welcome to season three. But we are in series four, you guys, the Accountability and Stability Podcast series. And I'm so happy because this particular podcast that we're launching is called The Power of the Provider. So it is going to be a very powerful, powerful discussion that we're going to have here tonight. Alaikum salam, And we're so happy that you guys are joining us. Um, I'm going to introduce my guests, but I just want to let you guys know that this podcast, I was telling my panelists that this, Alaikum salam, everybody, that this particular uh, topic has caused some firestorms across social media. There has been, I've gotten a lot of inboxes and a lot of comments. And we have very um, seriously passionate people um, on this issue as it relates to finances, being a provider, what it means and all of that. But we're going to get into it and we're going to digest it. All right. Let me introduce this all-star panel that I'm so humbled and happy to have here, Marshall Love. I'm going to start with um, a brother that I'm really humbled to, um, and, I, and I realized that he was my neighbor all this time, my uh, my neighbor Imam, Um, but he is an accomplished Muslim grassroots activist. He specializes in community development, marital counseling, and youth mentoring. After accepting Islam in 1991 and studying Islam in Arabic through private teachers, he has evolved into a leader, organizer, and an exceptional motivational speaker who works with both Muslim and non-Muslim communities. He currently serves as the imam of the Cuba School and Islamic Center of Camden, New Jersey. That's around my little area, y'all. And, and as a volunteer chaplain in the New Jersey Department of Corrections. He is the husband of 23 years and he has five amazing children. Welcome, Imam Fahim, to the show. Assalamu Alaikum, dear brother.
1: Well, alaykum assalam. Thanks for having me. And I'm happy, happy to be here. Happy to be here.
0: I appreciate you being here. And I know one of the other things you said Imam Fahim is a part of is the Imam's roundtable that we often see stream live, right?
1: Yes, yes. Yes,
0: yes. Dynamic discussion, mashallah. We're so happy to have you here, my dear brother. Okay, um, mashallah, so then we also have an amazing sister here. She was born and raised in New Jersey. Um, she's an urban educator in Newark, New Jersey as well, since so 2019, um, New Jersey in the house, can I say? She graduated from Rutgers University um, in 2019 and obtained her bachelor's in political science and minored in African American and, and African studies. She was raised um, Muslim by her mother and father, Khadija and Jawad, who installed Islamic and Afrocentric Afrocentric principles, encouraging her sense of pride and identity in the Deen and in her skin. She hopes to further her career as a public school teacher and inshallah establish her own private Islamic school for Muslims. Welcome sister Zarina Rahim to the show. Assalamu alaikum dear sis. Wa alaikum Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for repping New Jersey. I, we got a little New Jersey in the house. You know what? Yeah. We have to, right? Um, <laughs> Thank you,
2: Jersey,
0: exactly, absolutely, masha Allah, and I have this dynamic brother here. We know him all over social media, masha Allah. Um, infamous brother, you're infamous. Um, he is um, a, a father, a married brother, father of seven children, electrician by trade. He is a partner in an engineering firm as well as a nonprofit organization called Bridges. He um, is from Washington D.C. and he has employed so many Muslims in the D.C. area. We are super humbled to have Brother Hamza ibn Askiyah here on the show. Assalamu alaikum, dear brother.
3: (laughs) Walaikum as salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. I'm humbled.
0: Thank you so much. Again, um, can I just say Northeast is in the house? Mashallah, okay. All right, and then, we <laughs> then we have our dear sister. Oh my gosh, it's so difficult to concise your, um, your bio, but she is a second year PhD student um, at the Langley Graduate School at Emory University School of Nursing. She graduated with her bachelor's in nursing from Emory University. She also went on to serve as a labor and delivery nurse at multiple hospitals across the greater Atlanta area. Um, she began to notice the stark differences in how black women, especially those um, who were perceived to be of lower socioeconomic status were treated compared to their white counterparts. This led her to pursue her PhD and study the ways that systemic racism including disrespectful maternity care providers impact maternal health outcomes among black women. She is also a research fellow at the National Birth Equity Collaborative where she serves as a research scholar to the global birth equity team. Through this fellowship, she has been charged with assisting the global birth equity team assess how environmental racism and injustices impact maternal health outcomes in the United States and abroad. She hopes that her research will contribute to optimize black maternal health by shining a light on the systemic racism and culture of racist practice that is connected to t- poor maternal health outcomes among black women. Again, I couldn't concise that because that was so super dynamic and important. Please welcome Sister Rosalind Lewis to the show. Assalamu I I alaikum.
4: Uh, alaikum Salaam. Thank you so much for having me. Honored to be here.
0: Thank you. And I want to say you're from New York, right? So we North the Actually,
4: I'm from Haiti, but I lived oh. in New York the majority of my life, so I'm okay. going to all up New York.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> All right, welcome you guys to this show. Like I said, we have an all-star panel here tonight, so thank you so much for being here. All right, so we got to get right into it. We're not going to waste any time. Um, I'm going to um, just go ahead and get right into the question. Um, I'm going to start, if that's okay, right here with you, Brother Fahim. In today's modern society and the Black Muslim community, who are the providers? What do you see in your community?
1: Um, I think this uh, is a two-part question. First let me, um, I think it's a two-part question. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, who should be the providers and who are actually the providers? Uh, from my experience, um, there are a, an increasing number of women who are, you know, either sole providers or they're mutual providers. And, you know, sometimes or a lot of times earning more than the men, you know, in a lot of cases. Uh, but Islamically, you know, the man is supposed to be the sole provider. And I'm, I'm assuming that's one of the reasons why we're discussing this, because we got to get back to this topic of, you uh, of kawama that Allah mentions in the Quran, you know this word kawama in Surah Nisa, al-Rijalu uh, kawamuna al-Nisa, you know that the men have kawama uh, over the women. You know kawama comes from a word, uh, the same word as mustaqim and kawama, salat. It means to establish something, governorship, leader, manager, educator, visionary. All of these words are implied in that, in that word of Qawama, uh, that Allah gave virtue of one over the other. And the other reason that makes us men, not the primary reason, but, you know, uh, a, a very important thing is why be and because we provide for women, you know, and, uh, according to the Quran, the men should be the providers, you know, and, um, you Know we, we have to really get back to that, you know, and uh, we've uh, you know, based on some of the stuff we discussed behind the scenes, uh, a lot of our men have lost their way in you know being providers, especially soul providers, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. we understand Islamic law that the uh, the tafsir of this verse, according to the Abbas, is that the men have been given this fadl, this virtue of being a provider for women and it says that they don't have the obligation to do so, that is why the man has been given the virtue of provision because the women are not obligated to do so, you know? And that's very important because a lot of times, you know, in my experience, um, you know, I find brothers, you know, kind of, and it pains me, you know, looking for like what a woman has, you know, if she got a good job, if she got money, you know, she got all these nice things and nothing wrong with that, you know, but it, it almost is like they're looking for uh some type of handout, you know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. that's bothersome because men are supposed to be, you know, you take the bull by the horns and you carry all of the weight. And where a woman can't meet you, you gotta cover where she can't meet you. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta take everything on your back and fulfill every obligation that you can before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is that is what kawama is, you know being a governor, being responsible for every single affair, and as a Muslim, you know, knowing that you're going to be held accountable to Allah and how you perform your duties, you know, as a husband and a provider. Thank you so much, can so so I, so I hear an echo?
0: So can you mean, so can you mean, everybody thank you so much. Um, SubhanAllah, um, thank you so much Iman Fahim, that was absolutely powerful. Um, I wanted to just speak to that. and I'm going to jump to you, Zarina, if that's okay. Um, the five, there was, this was a research released by the Pew Research Center. And this kind of piggybacks off of what Manfahim was saying. He looked, they looked at couples from 1980 through current day and found that the percentage of women who earn as much or as more than their male, male partners jumped from just 13% to 28% while the number of male breadwinners dropped from 87% to 69%. So there's a lot to say about how the social sort of norms are changing with women out earning their spouses and in addition to men also, and also women taking more of the role of the, um, of the breadwinner in today's society. What is your observation as far as who is the provider in the black Muslim community? And not so much what it should be, but what are, what are your observations of what you're seeing now?
2: So I think with something, when we talk about the Black Muslim community, we also have to then therefore talk about white supremacy, right? We, we know those numbers as far as how the, the prison industrial complex has on our Black men. And this is a diabolical method that white America has done with infiltrating the Black family structure. And why a lot of our fuse with each other really should be redirected back to what this country has done to us. And, and what we experience now is really not that different from um, slavery and antebellum slavery. Uh, a, a Dr. Joy DeGray in her book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome, she covers this. You know, just look at the, the relationship between the enslaved African-American woman and the enslaved African-American man. You know, when Massa decides that he wants to break that relationship, He either, either husband is sold or he runs away. And now she's stuck raising the little ones, protecting them from, from master. And now she now, and she can't manage trying to remarry. She has to focus solely about these children and preserving their life. Fast forward to now, almost same scenario where you have Massa taking the father and putting him into the prison on the prison system. And we're stuck here trying to maintain a household without that extra support, you know, so I think so when we look at those numbers and into the black family structure, we really have to therefore question again, white supremacy and what that has done.
0: Absolutely powerful. Thank you so much, Zarina. Um, that's 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 the whole premise of why this conversation is so important because you're right. We're fighting the wrong. We are actually fighting the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, the wrong. We have the wrong enemy. It's not us, right? It doesn't come from us. I really appreciate that, sister. Um, Hamza, I'm going to pop over to you. I wanted to just get your perspective. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Mashallah is okay. I mean, you mentioned seven children. Come on, right? You know, a wife, husband, you know, you have multiple roles. You're doing it. But it's got to be a little bit tough, right? I'm I'm hearing from some brothers that it is difficult, although they they don't want to meet the standard um, that Allah has set out. It it is quite difficult. Uh, Can you speak to that a little bit, just as a brother? How are the brothers feeling? And how are you feeling as a brother, maintaining that role as a provider?
3: I'm ecstatic, personally.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Men who are gifted the ability to have responsibility are 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 don't complain about it. Right? We don't see it as a burden, you know. Um I teach my son that I teach my daughter that you know that a man's responsibility like the Imam said it's 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 already it's already slated. You know, and so I I personally I don't have a a qualm with it. I don't have an issue with it. I'm grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the means to do it you know i'm grateful that um that 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 my children are in my life my family's in my life and things like that so i don't i don't i mean i can't i can't say like personally like you know like the guys are feeling this way and this way i i I can't associate with that i can't associate with the 50 50 uh frame of mind i can't associate with asking the sister what she brings to the table and things like that you know that's not that's not my concern right my concern for 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 family is my children my 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 household you know is is islam being taught in my household are my children being taught correctly you know not you know i'm not into that hood stuff you know i'm not into all the 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 the, you know the i I know i have a facebook persona you know but in my household you know that we learn things you know we we talk about a lot and stuff like that so like to that question, I can't say that I am, I'm not familiar with that.
0: Okay, I appreciate that, dear brother, I really do. I'm gonna bring in a couple comments. Um, sister Sakina said that the sister broke it all the way down with the history of this particularly detrimental practice of removing the husband and father from the family structure. And I'm gonna get to Um Mariyama's question in just a minute, but I did wanna pop over to you, Rose, um, because there was a lot of powerful things spoken Um, and, and I wanted to just speak to just the woman as the provider for a moment, what does it mean the aspect, because we talk about the men and their ability to provide, but as a woman, if I could say to myself, you are the provider for your family, I would, right. That is fair to say, how does that feel? And what does that role? What does it take to fulfill that role as a Muslim woman?
4: So just to be clear, I'm single, I'm not married. Yes. yes. While I was married, in no way was I the provider for my household. Um, Thank you I, for clarifying. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm single and have been for a while. And you know, I'm not really, it, it's exhausting, um, especially because I was married for 17 years. And I had, never had to worry about bills or anything like that because, you know, the one thing that my ex-husband did have in order was our finances, Um, you know, so I never had to worry about it. But, you know, coming from that to now having to like do everything, it's exhausting. And I definitely can see why it is that we're not supposed to be in this role of making sure that everything is taken care of because I'm not just taking care of my kids, you know, emotionally. I am also making sure that they can eat. Um, and it's a lot, but um, I don't know this part of it. That's also very liberating to me as well. Um, and I, I, you know, I know that sometimes that might like not fly over really well, but I enjoy it. I, I really do like the fact that I have the capability to take care of my family. Um, now, if I was to remarry, not doing it, but, but I do love to have the, the ability to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, thank you so much. I'm going to ask O Mariama's question: Is it acceptable, Islamically, if the couple agrees that the wife will be the provider and the husband will stay home? Um, Imam Fahim, did you want to start with that?
1: Yeah, um, there, there's nothing really wrong with it because you know the Prophet he said that the believers are upon their conditions. You know, so there's nothing that prevents a man doing this. You know. Uh, a woman just has to make sure that she doesn't uh, emasculate uh, uh, em- emasculate the man in doing so and, and making him feel less than the man, you know. Because as a husband, you know, some of these things, staying home part is not really, but doing a lot of duties around the house is part of our job anyway. It's part of that governorship. Uh, but if that's an arrangement that they make, you know, but it's difficult because it's going to be hard. Uh, in my experiences, that for a woman to respect the man if he's, he's around the house because women have an innate, you know, uh, nature to make sure everything is right. And we never do things right. According to him. So I could just imagine a husband home and playing Mr. Mom and you know, he, the kids all over the place, it's a mess, you know, and he can't do what a woman doing. She come home from work. I can just imagine the earful he's going to get, you know, but if they're able to work these out, these things out, you know, uh, it, it's, it's perfectly acceptable. And this shows the the beauty of Islam as being a religion of all times because of its adaptability. You know, uh, we have an example of that. Uh, I don't know about staying home, but you know, Ali and Fatima, you know, the Hadith when uh, she came and complained to the Prophet Sallallahu about working. And uh, you know, and uh, the Prophets of didn't say he didn't go to Ali, R.A. Right and say, "Listen, man, you got my daughter out here working, out here earning money. What's wrong with you? You know." He told her about making vicar. You know, <laughs> so uh, so that's a, a a premise to how we can work these things out. But I'm with uh, Hamza. You know that it's really hard for me to fathom. And I I just uh, 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 I'll tell you a story real quick. Like married 23 years. You know, eleven of those years, I took care of everything from A to Z. I mean A to Z. Like my wife didn't even know how much money I made. You know, all all she knew was that, you know, the stuff got taken care of. And if it didn't get paid, because I didn't have it, but I would find a way. And now, you know, circumstances have changed, so we've had to share things. And I could tell you, it's not it's not liberated at all. You know, that I don't control every not control to take care of everything from A to Z, not a controlling, like dominated, dominating, but mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not taking care of everything from A to Z because that gives you some power as a man to know that my family's taken care of based on what Allah gave me the ability to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I might not be the happiest doing it, but I'm not going to let them know, you know, I'm going I'm to eat that. I'm going to take that pain. I'm going to wear it. And, you know, I might be suffering inside crying, but part of that kawama is that you have that ability to do it? Yeah. You have that you pre-wired to do that, you know. And we got to get this back with our men. You pre-wired to take all of that on the chin, you know. That's what makes you a man, you know. And uh, like I said, it's difficult now because I don't earn the money that I used to. And then you know, being an imam it's like you know. My wife said, "You you 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 always had another wife, you know. You're married to the community because I you know I'm big committed to them, you uh, know." so we we go through things about that but uh you know lately i haven't been able to earn the money like i used to so we got to work things out and it's like uh i mean it, it kills me i don't know if it's if it's uh pride but it kills me but like, listen sweetie i need some help with this yeah. like i be feeling <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know we've, we got time in so you know mm-hmm. but um uh it's, oh, wow. it's, it's 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 definitely permissible you know just make sure that you have proper etiquette doing it and do not Uh, One of the things that a man cannot stand is to feel like he's somebody's son other than his mom. Mm
0: -hmm. Powerful. Thank you so much, Brother Fahim. I think you spoke a lot to sort of the psychological impact um, on on men um, as how they are created of just fulfilling this role of being a provider um, and what they actually go through psychologically, emotionally, mentally. And one of the conversations I was having with some brothers is that sometimes their sense of worth, even sense of identity is wrapped up in their ability to provide. Um, You know, I'm gonna just pop over to you because this is just a question for our men for just a second, Hamza. Um, What is the psychological impact on, um, on you on being able to or not being able to provide financially for your family? Does it kill you when you can't meet that standard?
3: Yes, definitely, definitely. Um, like for, for men, we want, um, we always want our family to be stable, you know, and, and and not that's not from our hands, you know, but from what Allah has provided us, you know, we want that to be stable for our family. So when, when Allah tests us with things, you know, often, you know, it does, it does get shaky, you know, um, but uh, the key here to me is just to, you know, keep faith in the law, you know, and, and, and remember, uh, like one of the, one of my favorite hadiths, um, the one of the prophets I um, and I'm just paraphrasing, Allah, and, and this one, uh, when speaks about all the affairs for the Muslim are good, you know, be it anxiety, grief, or pain, even if it's a pricking of the thorn, you know, and it, it's, it's expiation, but if they deal with it with patience, and, and that part to me is what resounds, you know, that all these things in life, they're going to happen. You know, Um, our job is to deal with them with patience. And when we encounter the hardships, um, just remember that those hardships are are our path to paradise. You know, we have to, like for me, we have to focus on the hereafter, you know, like that's, and and that changes your perception of the junior and the things that happen. Like it's the same things happen to everybody, you know, we have ups we have downs we have arguments we have losses and things like that you know we have deaths in the family but it's how you perceive it and how you continue to worship a even through it you know through the hardship so 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 for me you know it's it's it's, it's just trying to understand and, and, and keep and keep focused on you know that Allah had already written this for you you know keep firm, and, and,
0: and for me, as, and how I perceive myself, and I think, how my and, family And Hamza? Yeah. Hamza, if I could insert in, your audio is really fuzzy, and it was really hard to hear. So if it's okay, yeah, if it's okay, we're going to come circle right back, right back to you, if that's okay. Okay, mm-hmm. Brother Hamza, thank you so much, though, um, for your perspective. Um, Sister Jamila said, when a woman sees her husband going out every day to provide for his family, she will do what she needs to help her husband and make him feel valued and appreciated. Serena. So although, I, I mean, I deeply appreciate the honesty and authenticity of our brothers, but um, you know, it sounds really nice, right? But we as women um, know that there's a lot more that goes on in our communities. And um, I really appreciate like you speak to the historical context of it so that we can better understand. And it's especially important, I think for us as women to offer some empathy as we understand that we share the same struggle, struggle. however, um, there is there is a lot of strife and struggle as it relates to um, men being willing to provide or women even simply only wanting, wanting um, a brother for how much he can provide. What um, do you see as um, sort of the big issue as it relates to brothers and sisters coming together on this on this particular issue of being um, of financially providing in our community?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, uh, so I think this is something that we cover a lot <laughs> in our private spaces, in public forums, uh, sisters with sisters, brothers with brothers, and, by, and, and just constantly going back and forth with this. And I feel like the one of the main issues with this is the expectation. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, I entirely agree with Jamila um, that. What uh, speaking specifically to Black women, we have no issues with supporting our husbands if that, if that if that comes in time for us to do that. We have no problems with that. We have no, especially mainly only if we see that my man is willing to provide. He has gone, he's gone above and beyond to provide for my family. And if for whatever reason a lot puts in this path. A, a hurdle that disables his ability to do that, we have no problem stepping in to do that. What I take issue with, I'm only gonna say myself, cause I don't wanna speak for the whole, um, all sisters, but what I take issue with is I don't like a brother coming to me mm-hmm. um, with the question and or the expectation that I'm going to give him that before we even sign the marriage contract. And because my thing is, if, you, if, if you're if you saying that you want this type of sister um, or you don't want this type of sister, then make that vocal in the beginning. But don't slander a, a whole generation or era of sisters because you went through several sisters that haven't complied with you when it comes to going 50, 50, 60, 40. Trust and believe and if, if, if for one if you love me or you want this relationship with me it should somewhere be in your heart that well based on my engagement with this sister i don't think she would say she's not going to help if it calls for me um, when um, calls for her needing to help if something ever happens to me or i can't do it we don't we don't feel we don't think like that so it really isn't the expert don't come to me trying to tie that for yourself with the expectation that mm. i'm going to do that you know and and i and i take a lot of issue with this because um it's like a because what it sounds like is that the brother is trying to weasel his way out of fulfilling his obligation because it's not my obligation to provide it's not even my obligation to tell you if i'm going to put something on the table you are it's your obligation to tell me if you're going to provide the basic necessities you know i feel when it comes to finances we shouldn't be having that we should need to have that conversation of who's going to put out what. So that that's that's, mm. that's my beef with that.
0: <laughs> she didn't set a whole rose honey bun. She didn't set a whole <laughs> she didn't said a whole word um, because I think what you spoke is just so powerful in the sense that there is this sort of, like I said perception of that we as women um, you know kind of won't stand stand by them or we only want them for this or that. And that's totally not true. And you know, just from our history, we, we're the ones as Black women historically, we're right there, we're picking it up, we're, we're kind of working through it. But you're right, it's that expectation of kind of like what you bring to the table sis, that kind of throws us off. Rose, I want you to, j- I just want to kind of pull you into this dialogue just as another woman. And how do you feel about um, some some of the comments Serena made? No, I
4: agree with her 100%. Um you know, I, you know, I'm in a situation now where I'm single and providing. And when the time comes and I be married, I really don't want to be having the conversation about how much I'm bringing in. 100% I can take care of my kids by myself. I can take care of myself by myself, but that's your job. That's not mine. Um, And the same thing that she said, like, without a doubt, I will always be here to pick up the pieces that you can't pick up, but I better see that you are doing everything in your power to have it all together. Mm. And as long as I see that, then I got you. And then of course, like, you know, I also have to we on the flip side of that, yeah. We do have to realize the the economy in which we live in. Like yeah. you quoted some stats earlier about how many um women are outperforming their husbands or just in you know how most households have two working parents now. And that's not only because you know men aren't trying to take care of their responsibilities. Things are just thinking expensive, right? Like if you want your kids to be able to go to certain schools and have certain opportunities to be able to get a certain place, it is highly unlikely that you're not going to have a two income household. So I think it's important to like kind of think about that as well. Like I, I definitely want my husband to try to do everything he can to provide to the best of his ability. But I also realize that economically, It's unless I meet a very certain uh, caliber brother that is in a very you know high level earnings, which is not very often to find that, especially a black brother. It's not that's just the reality because we're in America, and that also goes back to the historical um, issues that you know that plague our communities, but. You know, I think it's, it's kind of unrealistic to expect that you're not going to need to contribute at some point. I just don't want the responsibility to I don't want you to come in thinking that it's my job to do so. That that's what that's the key for me is like, just don't think that it's my responsibility. It's not. But I will help you without a doubt.
0: Right. Right, absolutely. Powerful, powerful. I want to continue this discussion. I did want to just segue because I think it's really important. This is an interactive live, so it's not only the panelists, but it's also the audience members. Um, Thank you, Brother Fahim, for answering some of our um, uh, audience members' questions. Uh, I think as, as, as Brother Daniel Thomas, we welcome you to the platform. Um, we, we welcome you to learn as much as, as, as you like about Islam. This is definitely a nice starting place for you. However, we want to keep the comments in context to the conversation that we're having. So this conversation is not about polygyny um, or about wives or anything like that. So I would just encourage you. I think Brother Fahim, maybe he can drop his information if you could just maybe um, meet him offline to discuss any questions you have about Islam. But I just want to kind of keep these comments on topic, and I appreciate you for respect in this platform. Okay, sorry guys. All right. Um, thank you. That was really, really powerful. I really deeply appreciate that. So, Brother Fahim, I think these ladies said something really powerful here. It's the idea of I know you just expressed you were very vulnerable with us just in your own personal journey of being a hundred percent provider and then having to share some of that load. I in mean, your journey of 23 um, marriage, well, 23 years married, mashallah. Um, and you express how that made you feel and it doesn't feel great. Um, and these sisters express as long as you're out there trying and we we can, we can do this together. Um, as I'm sure probably your, your wife has that same sort of, um, perspective. So where do our brothers go wrong in this? Are they just not getting the fact that as women, we, we got your back, but we need you guys to kind of hold up, you know, the expectations that law kind of set, you know, set on your shoulders, where do you see our brothers misunderstanding this?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I could tell you in my experience, I think one of the keys is that when, when brothers get into those situations, I think when sometimes women cross the line between support and enabling the man. Mm. And what I mean by that, Sometimes you can support a man too much that you will cripple him like men have a need to fail and get themselves up you know dust themselves off and get moving again and sometimes all a woman has to do is just help him get up you know but sometimes in my experience you know counseling people a woman will do everything from A to Z to this man and 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 disable him I mean cook it I mean, we this a, this a clear space, right? We good what kind of language can we use?
0: Go, go, brother! There's almost one. Because niggas to be, be
1: tripping, you know. <laughs> niggas be tripping. Camden you know I mean? in the
0: building.
2: <laughs> yeah, listen,
1: because I mean, I I, I had cases, and I, I I'm listening. Like, are you serious? This woman's cooking your food. She working a job, two jobs, taking care of kids, and your ass is sitting around here on this couch playing. Uh, got the high score on the damn video game. And then you talking, oh man, this it hurts my heart. But part of that is they've missed something in their background with training. And then a lot of sisters, they enable these brothers. You know, you gotta let a brother fall on his face so he can know how to get up. You know, when we were younger, you know, we played games outside. You scratched your knee, you know what I mean? You got busted up, you had doohickeys, you cried for a minute, you got up, and you kept playing. That was training. You know, and a lot of our kids are missing these things. And, you know, um, I mean, even now, this generation, we do so much for these kids that we disable them. And then when they grow up, they don't even know how to function with basic things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, uh,
1: you know, we got to try to change the narrative a little bit, you know. And then when you, you know, like I got four sons and, uh, you know, I tell them stuff and they looking at me like, you know, I don't know what to do. Man, you know what to do, because I just told you, just go do it. You know what I mean? But then I gotta remember it's a different generation. It's a different generation. And uh, but still, some things don't change, you know. Some things don't change. But I think okay. that's that's part of it. Uh twofold. You know, men have to, you know, realize where they missed the training growing up. And when you read about the life of the Prophet, Salam, he wasn't dependent on his wife Khadijah and right? mm-hmm. even though she supported him. He didn't make her feel like that he was dependent on her. You know what I mean? And that made her support him even more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if men are gonna if you if you're in a position where you're not the breadwinner, at least be a person that you still stand on your own. The money you got the money your wife has doesn't impact what you're doing or not doing. You know what I'm saying? Like I always tell brothers and counsel, you need to know if you're not a, a coach, you know, in your marriage, you need to be an ultimate role player. And the example I always use is Stedman Graham. <laughs> really? You better really. learn something from Stedman Graham. I mean, he got a billionaire as a, a woman. You know, they're not married. But, like, this boy played his role, like, to the T. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got his own way in life and his education, his business. But, you know, he played his role. So if you can't be the breadwinner primarily and exclusively, you got to learn how to navigate and coach, or you got to learn how to play your role with, you know, Everything like when it, like in my marriage now. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not the primary breadwinner, but everything else I take care of. You know what I'm saying? Besides cooking, I, I think I've oppressed my wife all these years. But I will lick a plate clean. You know what I mean? I will eat everything off of there and eat get another another a second round. But I can't cook worth a lick. But dishes, laundry, bathroom, household chores. And I still, you know, I still earn my money. It's just I'm not the primary breadwinner, you know. Yeah. And it's been an adjustment, but that's what comes with time. You you, you learn how to work together, you know. So.
0: Mm, powerful. Thank you so much, brother. I can't stress how um, enough how much I appreciate your vulnerability on this podcast.
1: Hams, I'm going to pop yeah, over. Too, I, I, you know, I don't talk a lot, but when I'm getting heated up, I will run my mouth. So just do something sing like, no you life, know. Yeah, no yeah, like, yeah, like, yo, my man. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Hamza, I'm coming to you with this question, okay. So Saisha asks, what about the brothers who provided financially and because of that, they feel that they don't have to do anything in the house or can do whatever they please? And this goes also to sort of maybe a generation, um, you know, a generation prior to ours or a couple generations back where the whole sort of um, role of a lot of men in households were just simply being protectors and providers. They don't have to emotionally be there. They don't have to be present. Um, that's, that's their role in their job. So what do you have to say about this in regards to, and answer to Saisha's question?
3: Um, I, um, my thoughts on that is, uh, it, it depends on the agreements in the household. Like the brother said, you know, it's, it's, it's your conditions, it's what you agree on. You know, if you feel like that's not feasible for you, then, you know, you need to work that out or, you know, find a partner to work it out with, you know? Um, that's all I can say about it. You know, I don't I don't I don't see the reason to complain about these things, you know. Like you have to you have to have a solution. Like what is your solution? Are you gonna ask the brother to help you, you know, to do the dishes and stuff like that? Or like what's your next move? You know? So I don't, you know, and, and, and I don't know for a brother who does it himself, you know, it's just like okay, I pay all the bills and I don't have to do nothing else in the house. I I don't understand that mentality. Like don't, you know, it's it's hard for me. Like I I don't mean to sound like, you know, like I'm trying to be like Mr. Perfect or nothing like that, but some of these some of these some of these questions, some of these thought processes don't 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 sit right with me. Right. That I, I can't understand that when 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 men feel like they don't they don't need to help out in the house. It's your house too, you know. I mean, like if you have an agreement with your wife, look, I pay all the bills and you clean all the, the lawn, you know, then that's that's between y'all, you know. If 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 you see your wife needs help, if you see your family needs help, you know I believe in helping the kids with the homework and and and, and, and mopping floors myself when I see you know problems. I like so you know it's it's my house too. I want to see I like my house clean. I like my house pristine and things like that. You know, so I believe that it's important for us to to chip in. You know, it's part of part of you know having to, having to, having the um um a whole household so to speak you know.
0: Thank you so much brother, I deeply appreciate it. Okay I have another question, as Muslim men shouldn't we first agree to live within our means and make sure she is okay with what our sustainable living conditions will be look like? I know this is a question probably more so for the brothers but I am going to just pop over to Zarina first um, and just kind of get your perspective as a woman. Um, as Muslim men, again, shouldn't we first agree to live within our means and make sure that she is okay with what our sustainable living conditions will be look like?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think the I think one of the major problems with divorce rates and marriage rates within the Islamic community, the black Muslim community, is that we are hung the law, our hearts in the right place. We want to get married. But how we're getting there is not constructive. We're not asking each other the right questions. We're not defining our meanings on what the support and providing and protection look like for each other. My definition of support can be very different from someone like Imam Fahim's. And if we're not really breaking down into those definitions or those conversations, then we find those things out two, three months after the walima. And then we're getting divorced through two, three months after finding those things out. And then we hit the reset button and constantly doing that over again. This marriage, uh, these marriage divorce, marriage divorce, marriage divorce. And we need to take time to self reflect on what is, how is it that I am contributing to this, me divorcing or me not finding who it is that I I want and what can I do to change that? And so I feel, so uh, me personally, and when I engage with a brother, I'm, I'm asking him a lot of critical questions. I'm not asking him what is your favorite color or just or not or so, just what you do for a living. You know, if he says that he, um, what is a, what does a person's 50-50 look like? What does your 50 look like to my 50? You know, and so um, I'll give you one example. Um, when I, I was speaking to a brother years back, and when it came down to talking about how he would provide for me, he wanted me to move to his location, which I felt like was not conducive or nowhere near what I was accustomed to based on how I've lived all my life. I don't live lavishly and I don't live, but I also try to live below my means because I like to, I like to budget. Yeah. And so when I explained this to him, I said, I don't feel comfortable living in this, in this environment. It's, it's not something I personally like. And he made it seem as if I was being difficult, that I wasn't willing to adjust me as a woman, wasn't being able to adjust and that I wanted too much. And then he wanted to remind me of the living conditions of the prophet and the Wasallam and his wives. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good for the prophet and <laughs> so his wives, but that's not how I, that's how I want to live. And so then I asked him, I said, let me ask you this. Cause he had been married before. I said, at what point after your divorce did you decide that you want to get remarried? And he said about a year afterwards. And at that point, when I asked him that question, it had four or five years had passed since he had been married. I said, so you're telling me in the four or five years that you have not established an account to save some money so that you are prepared for marriage. You just hoped that you will find a woman that will, be, that will bend. She will bend her rib to what you want and that you will live happily ever after. I'm sorry, but that does not work. You want me to live and may marry to you on an income for a single man, not a married couple. And so as to that brother talk and saying that having those conversations prior to, so you are clear on what his providing and the living conditions would be, absolutely have that kind of, lay out a floor plan if you need to i want to see the blueprint of what our lives are going to be like specifically
0: hmm Serena, they said you was a firecracker, but girl, you a firecracker. MashaAllah, that's a vertical life. (laughs) I deeply appreciate your honesty. MashaAllah. She said, brother, you didn't mean to tell me you haven't saved in a year, subhanAllah. Sometimes it needs to be said. Okay, Rose, I wanted to jump over to you um, because Brother Umar said something really interesting. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Okay. He said that um, if a brother is holding everything down financially, it would be nice for a brother to help out around the house. But he shouldn't have to come home and clean up. What, what say you, Rose? What do you think? Hmm.
4: Zarina's <laughs> um, <laughs> cracking up. Cut it out, Zarina. Go ahead, Rose. <laughs> I'm thinking because <laughs> I saw that question and I was like, well, um, is he making the mess? That's my question. <laughs>
1: what
4: do I do? <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> Cleaning up your after yourself, you know, and after <laughs> your children, I would assume is part of your fatherly and self duties. Like, I don't know. I'm not your mother either. Like, you know, yes, you provide financially. That's great. And that's, that's awesome. And I'm going to take care of the house to the best of my ability. But also being a stay at home mom is a full time job like I would say two full-time jobs, honestly. I think it's easier to be a working mom than it is for you to be a stay-at-home mom. So to expect that you, because you're financially providing, that you're not gonna be offering assistance everywhere else is ridiculous to me because you need to do all of that for yourself to survive. Um, so yeah, I don't,
0: yeah. I, That's not my. that's not my take. Zarina, Not did you home. have something? That, go ahead, Brother Fahim. I, I thought I just wanted to ask if Zarina had something because she had a whole crack up. But go ahead, Brother
1: Fahim. Man, look, you got a job. You come home, you clean up too. Like, that's how it's done. I mean, I, I mentioned when I was, ma- when, when I'm still married, but when I, the first 11 years, I still did all of that stuff with laundry, everything, going to the schools. I used to work seven days a week. I used to work 12-hour shifts, four tens, whatever it took to take care of my family. And I still did that stuff. You know what I mean? Just the cooking part I didn't do. But we're talking about following a complete man, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He was there's was reported by Aisha, he was in service of his family, khidma. And you didn't you weren't more working more than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he came home, he served his family when he was there. And when he left out of the house, it was for to for a purpose or to go to the masjid, you know. But other than that, he was in service of his family. You come home from work. You serve your family. I'm gonna give you some. Let me give you free game, man. I got twenty. I got two decades in. I know how to do it. <laughs> I'm worth something. <laughs> yeah, but man, is. now you come home. You come home and you do that too because it's it's hasana in it. It's blessings, and that's how you get closer to Allah. Remember, this is a marriage where people. When you say you got married, it was supposed to be feasibility live. not for your own happiness. Sometimes we mess that up. You get joy out of it. But the purpose is to please Allah. We forget that a lot, but that's all I have.
0: Yeah. (laughs) SubhanAllah. JazakAllah. Kainan. Thank you. Brother Anthony said, get the mop and get to cleaning. No big deal. Brother Shaheen said, work stop when you go to sleep. Um, There's no coming home kicking your feet up, bro. So, um, (laughs) so subhanAllah. Um, And we deeply appreciate the dialogue because it's so important because this, this is sort of the perspective that's out there. So there's, there's, you know, we're not trying to be judgmental or anything of anybody's perspective, but it's important for us to understand, um, you know, a multitude of perspectives on this and why these issues sort of come up in our marriages, because I could just see a wife being extremely frustrated (laughs) with that sort of um, perspective because I'm paying the bills. I'm not, I'm not cleaning up or I'm not helping around the house. So subhanAllah. All right. um, I deeply appreciate that. Um, So I wanted to just, all right. I want to ask a question. I want to ask the question. Um, as a woman, Zarina, what are you willing to provide financially in a marriage with a man? And is it just depend on if he's doing his part? Are you saying nothing because that's his responsibility? Like, I would just want to know as a woman, and I'll ask the brothers their question too. Zarina?
2: Um, so Again, for me, it's all about what type of man is he? Is he? What is his work ethic like? And it because I, I'm I'm the type of person where I don't give myself excuses. Why should you why should I allow you to? Especially as my spouse. If we're supposed to be a team, I'm not gonna allow you to give yourself excuses. I'm not gonna allow you to give yourself excuses on why you're saying that you can't provide or you can't contribute. Um so I'm it's not for me, it's not that I'm not willing to to go in partial with um, um, my potential husband, um, it's all for me. It's all circumstantial. I would. I, I appreciate a brother that understands that his obligation is to provide. Mm-hmm. And if for and if the things that he can't do, I will come in there and try to cover. That's how I feel. I don't really put a percentage on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's that's my take on that. I just don't like the expectation brought to me. Um, I feel as black women, we are very loyal creatures. <laughs> we are very loyal and, and accommodating creatures and whatever we don't put in financially, we, we I feel that we try to come through emotionally and spiritually and physically, you know, and so just to refer to, um, you know, uh, our mother Khadijah, she was uh, someone who had majority of the money in her in her relationship with Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu But he didn't take that as, oh, she don't, she doesn't need me to cover all these things. He quadrupled her net worth. He did, he did what he needed to. He did all that he could do and more to make sure that you may be able to do this, but I will do this right with you. And then if I would, whatever you can't do, I will try to tenfold that. You know, I just don't like laziness. I don't like a man that's reserved. I don't want a man that uh, is, likes to take the bare minimum. I don't like complacency is my thing. I don't like complacency. That's not how it was. That was not the father that I had. My father provided for our family. He provided, and that's what I saw. When he was, and at one point when he was out of work, my mother came through and did. Yeah. it worked so th- so for me this is what i grew up with this is what i see and that's what i'm willing to, i'm willing to um to take i don't want anything below that
0: thank you so much Zarina, for your honesty um brother um hamza brother hamza um do you feel though that um as in in, in our culture that we are experiencing an issue or dilemma with um black women in particular or black Muslim women in particular, wanting or measuring our brothers just in, in reference to how much they can provide, is that all? Um, do you notice that as an issue in today's time?
3: It's. it's I, I believe it's more of a um, stereotype. It's. Uh,
0: okay. You know, I know
3: um, women want to be uh, taken care of and things like that. You know. But- it's one of those things I believe that that causes um the shaitan to to be stronger in our midst you know when we think about things like that you know like it's been plenty of times where I know brothers you know have uh sisters have uh stated that they want you know millionaires I'm just you know being a little extreme but you know they want millionaires and they married brothers you know barely making it you know and you trying to figure out you know what's the you know you were just screaming millionaire but we know this brother's struggling you know so what's it's, it doesn't it doesn't have to do personally me it's it's everybody's different yeah. chemistries you right. know it, it i think that it it just deals with that like people it's a, it's a lot of facades on the social media and things like that but you know when you get to know people and understand, that's why you hear a lot of the horror stories about and i shouldn't say horror stories the stock for love but when you hear about uh people getting married and sisters just taking forever and stuff like that you know and it's not necessarily because you know, it's, it's, it's just their chemistry, you know? Like, it's just what people want.
0: Mm. I, I appreciate you saying the the aspect of that. It is actually a stereotype in your opinion. It's actually yeah. not true. It's just something that, you know, sort of is an idea that people permeate and facilitate in our community that these gold digging, you know, women that, you know, that's not really what happens. Women actually will work with our brothers um, a lot more. Okay, Rose, I'm coming right over to you. Um, how important are finances in, in, um, for you as you move into the realm? And I'm not saying that you are, but as if you are considering marriage or remarriage, (laughs) how important will finances be to you in that, in that relationship? Um, honestly,
4: I had not thought about this question until this podcast, because I'm, I feel like I'm so far away from even considering marriage, but, um, it's tricky because, I know I have certain standards of what I want. Like I, you know, I have four kids. I want all of them to go to college. I don't want them to take out a single loan to do it. It's going to take some money to get that done. Right. And in some scholarships and some finagling and getting resources together to get that kind of thing done. You know, I don't want my kids to grow up having to, you know, start from where I started from. So. For me, I think when I decide to get married, I don't think I'm going to be looking at finances like it's like, you know, you need to be making more than me. I know it's very possible that I will probably meet someone that's not making as much as me. Um, But for me, I think one of the sisters in the comments said ambition and drive. That's what I need to see. I need to see that, okay, you know, maybe you were a garbage man. That's cool. (laughs) You know, but now that, you know, I, we're married and you know that I got this for a while. Are you going to like take the, the reins and like try to go back to school so that you can take care of this at some point? Like, that's what I need to see, like that you are going to try to put, you know, be able to provide for me and my family fully. I just need to see ambition. That's I just like this sister said, you can't be lazy. I don't want you to be satisfied with being a garbage truck driver. I don't yeah. want you to be satisfied, even if you, you know, hold a college degree. I don't want you to be satisfied there either. Right. Keep going, always keep going, right? So that's
2: and can me, I add-
0: that's
4: more important to me than finances,
0: one hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. go
2: ahead, Zarina. Mm-hmm. I just want to add to that. I think, a, I think a major problem. One of the sisters is saying that we should all be trying to please Allah, and that's it. That we're 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 allowing Western culture and norms and hashtags to influence how we run our relationships. This whole woke culture and, and how we're using that to, to decide, well, and woke, and one of the examples of woke culture is that, well, you know, black women are going to school, we're getting masters, we're, we're going for the career jobs. And we're not seeing or are there or we don't even know if that's being collected, the data on what are black men doing. And I feel that there are black men that look at black women excelling and interpret that as, well, she don't need me. She's 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 good. She don't need me to do all that. She's saying she can do it for herself. And it's like saying, no, we're saying that we're willing to be go getters. Are you willing to do the same thing? And we can, so we can be a team. We're not we're not saying that when when I'm financially. I, when I say I'm financially independent, I'm not saying that that you don't have to put push any finances in here. Don't take in that and don't take me being a strong black woman as mm-hmm. I don't need you. And and because we're not saying that. They, and they use that and say, oh, we're gold diggers or oh, we're this. Why? Because I'm deciding to push myself to a bar, and therefore that comes with more earnings. So I should be sorry. For me achieving my education, for me achieving to push the bar, to break that glass ceiling, and I, you're saying there's no way a woman can do that without without that threatening your manhood. <laughs> so you you so I, and I think that's part of it. There I think some of them are afraid of our success. And what that will look like on them, which I understand because I've seen women done that where they're, they're very threatening to men. They're, they're either very bitter, very harsh or hard hearted. I get that. But why is it that I can't have my success and you have you have yours, too? And then we have the conversation of generational wealth. How on earth are we going to get generational wealth as you as a garbage as a garbage man? We have no problem with entering a relationship where you are. We want to know where are you going because yeah. everyone wants generational? That's the hot trendy topic hashtag right now. Everybody wants a piece of it. We Generation. can but baby, we can't we can't get there staying right here where we are. So what are you, what are you planning to do? And what are you doing right now to get there?
0: Mm, child. All right, brother Fahim. Come on, Imam Fahim. Excuse me. Imam Fahim. Are, are the brothers intimidated? I mean, look, Zarina just, you know, she just laid it down in, in, in the most honest way. And so the Sister Rose.
1: Are the brothers intimidated brothers? Is that what's going on? Yes. Weak brothers are. Okay. Weak brothers. See, uh, I, my, this, uh, this is how brothers, I think, should approach it. When you don't have the earning capacity to be the primary breadwinner, you got to know how to be a coach. You know, you got to look at, you know, shout out to our black women. You know, you you guys rock, man, you know. And a lot of y'all are superstars, like a superstar player, a franchise player. And, you know, sometimes a franchise player got a lot of money. They cocky. You can't tell them nothing. They know, they, they know they're know they the stars. You know what I mean? They know people coming to see them. You got to know how to be a coach. You got to know how to navigate your star player. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to be dominating. You don't have to be offended or, or feeling like uh, it's a competition. Go with it. Go with it. You know what I'm saying? Know how to make the woman feel at ease and culture because that kawama, part of that is the emotional ability, the psychological ability, the man's ability to be able to navigate through things. That's what the women need us for. You know, we got to be that ear. And a lot of times we, we got to be dumping grounds. You know, the women that go through stuff, you know, they need somebody to call, like my wife would call me out the blue and just no no regard for what I'm doing. Just, ah, and, you know, okay, well, what happened, honey, you know? Okay, okay. blah, 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 you know? And you got it. and a lot of men, you know, the worst thing in all the counseling sessions I hear, the one common thing is the woman's mouth, the woman's mouth, 90%. Mm. Oh, man, I can't take how she talked to me. But once you get past that, you got a championship player. You just got to know how to coach. You know, you got to be a Phil Jackson with Michael Jordan. You know, fill it and try to make Mike play the way. Just go out there and win, Mike. Go out there and win. And when you come to the, you know, come to the side, you know, I'm going to pat you on your back. I'm going to kiss you, hug you, this, that, the other. Go out there and win the championship. I'm right here. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm putting a vision for these six other championships we got to win. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So learn how to play your part in the marriage. You know what I'm saying? Don't be intimidated by women because, even though our women come out strong, sometimes dominant, they looking for strength from you. You just got to be it. You know, it's not with the heavy hand or, or rough talk. Sometimes it's just listening, you know, listening, mm. not responding. And certain ways you got to listen. You know, you just can't listen and be like, oh, uh, yeah, you got to look at them. You got to pay attention. Active. You got to remember what they said. You know what I mean? Active
0: listening. Yeah. It's a skill, though, brother. Thing. It's a skill. I'm
1: going to tell you one line, you know, that you got to use. It works every time. Yes, honey. <laughs> that's my favorite lie, and my wife would tell you it pissed her off. <laughs> I'd be like, "Yes, honey. Yes." <laughs> I
0: you trigger her brother.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that gets Isn't you really twenty-three one? years. That gets you twenty-three years. He brother, brother, yeah, email for
1: you. Twenty-three years. And you and I know you learn right.
0: how to cook. I know that's you know, right. I, I want
1: to. I got a couple rings. I got a couple I of
0: rings. Love. love. I want to ask the question because you know who's gonna come in, y'all. Y'all ready? Okay. All right. How does the Sunnah prescribe financial responsibility for men and polygyny? Are the wives to assist their husbands in taking care of the household out of piety for any or any reason? Are the wives to assist their husbands in taking care of the household out of piety or any reason? Amen for him, I feel like you can go ahead. If that's okay. Um, Everybody else.
1: You just give the Hamza a break, right?
0: Hamza, <laughs> um, so you, you want to you wanna take it? Or are you like, nah, no, this,
1: no, no, no. I'll go off. No, nah, give minutes. it to the
3: Imam. inshallah.
1: Yeah, no, nah, give to the e Well, <laughs> financial, uh, again, you know, there is no real uh, medium as high as it's supposed to be done. Of course, the man is primarily the breadwinner. But in a, in a case like this, uh, it's upon your conditions, you know. I mean, a man has to provide according to what he, ha- what the ability that he has, you know, I mean, the Prophet Salam and uh, the, his wives, they were the mothers of the believers, but you know, they live simple. You know, we don't live in those times. So if you want to enter into that, you need to be ready financially to undertake it. You know what I'm saying? Or again, if you don't have the money and you're in a, a, a polygynous marriage, you got to know how to be a navigator. You got to have a strong mental game. And unfortunately, a lot of brothers don't have it. You know, a lot of brothers don't have it. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta really know how to be a peacemaker, a negotiator, a navigator, a manager, a general, a psychologist. You know, and if you're not ready for that, because it, it's it's uh it's not what you think. You know, I mean, but financially, you want to be the one doing it, but it's also agreeing. But at the same, but at the same time if we are modeling modeling the prophet sallam you know even with his wives he never you know made them think that he was dependent on them you know and we you know we got to get out of this uh another i don't know if it's a stereotype but sometimes we we tie into this like we some type of pimps or something you know what i mean like i'm gonna marry these women well, and I'm gonna do
0: that yeah and this thank you stuff. thank you yeah that's well, we a whole nother podcast anymore. though That's a whole nother podcast, Brother Fahim, but I'm just telling you that I appreciate you for saying that because we do have
1: to to look at at the historical,
0: but we have to look at the history like uh, our beloved Zarina said, you know, our beloved Rose mentioned our history here in this country and what has been done to us and how we've been exploited and how that shows up and what we seek and what we go after and we call it sometimes the sunnah, but sometimes at the root of it is our own trauma and our pain, and what we're trying to find value in. But that's a whole nother podcast. So we're going to segue into another question. Is that okay, Imam Fahim? Because polygyny could yes. take all day. Okay. At what point is it considered a problem that men are entering into the relationship knowing he can't and probably never will be able to fulfill his obligation as Allah prescribed on him? Hamza.
3: Oh, sorry. Okay. I mean, they question um it's a problem when it started when a man does it you know those can't fulfill his expectations you know it's a problem with our but it's, it's what you. It's what the woman and the man agree to you know like we can't sit here and say hey you're supposed to be doing I mean something that the Quran says this the Sunnah says this so as long as you're in those guys you know, that's 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 what you choose to do you know I, but like personally, I just I think it's a problem from the jump. You know, you're entering some um, dad, can't figure out uh, how to live and things. That's that's that's, um, that's detrimental to your relationship to your marriage.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, brother Hamza Rose. I want to just get your opinion on this real quick.
4: Um, <laughs> if you are if you're not married and you are thinking about getting married and you know that your obligation as part of that marriage is to provide, I think you need to be focused on something else, right? Like, like why are you focusing? On, like, if you, if you can't afford something, why are you trying to go buy it? Like, you, you just can't, <laughs> realistically. You need to be figuring out a way to be able to provide in some capacity for the person that you are getting ready to try to marry. Um, so yeah, it's a problem if you're coming into it knowing darn well that you don't have the capability. And I and I don't understand that term capability, because we all you all have the capability to do what you can do. Like you, that's kind of somebody saying that they're just not even gonna try. Um, but yeah, you need to come in know being able to fulfill your obligations. And if you can't, you need to be working on that before you come into
0: the situation. Yeah. That's yeah. Thank you. And Zarena, uh, the um, brother said, "What um, I understand, but what if he sincerely wants to, but just can?" And he also said, "What if he's working, and the opportunity to get promoted isn't there?" Go ahead, Zarina. Be nice.
2: Um, mm, no excuses. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to accept that. And 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 he. I, one thing that comes to mind for me is. You know, you have I think about the dowry price when we talk about um, certain finance like this is where because they always this is the one thing that stops us from going through the marriage process. Mm-hmm. We I the chemistry is there. And then we start talking about the dowry.
0: Yeah.
2: And one thing I do not like what some brothers do is they try to negotiate the dowry. With instead of you giving me whatever my whatever I say my dowry price is or the item, you want to give me uh some abayas, dresses, head wraps and a couple of turtles as my dowry. <laughs> I don't understand that. I really I, I don't understand that. And you and, and again, I'm dead serious now with the turtles, but. I don't accept, especially from a man. And I think this is what this Western culture has done. It has weakened our men's backbone and has hardened some women's hearts. It's made us feel like um, it's it's the more opportunity. And this is also diabolical. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sisters breaking that that glass ceiling, as we say, and going up for the torch. But for some women, it has hardened their hearts. Where now if a man does come in I'm not taking nothing from him. I'm not taking anything from him. He better come in here and he better come in here right. With that mentality, that that energy and that emotion. And and not realizing what does that look like in a man's direction when he gets that off a of woman to him, he looks she looks bitter, she looks dominating, control this alpha female status. And you know, it, it don't look well on certain sisters. But then you have us in other cases where you have brothers. That's constantly wanting to negotiate what they can and can't do, what's in their means and what's, what isn't in, in their means. So, to the brother that's saying, at what point, you know, I forget the, how you exactly phrased the question, what is a problem? It's a problem right when you decide that I wanna get married, but you ain't checked that bank account. What have, what's wrong with having uh, your your paycheck? Just like, what's wrong with something, the like $20 a week coming out of your paycheck for the amount of years that you've been looking for marriage? 20 to what? $20 a week for 52 weeks. That's a little over a thousand dollars, boo. How many years you've been looking for marriage? Three, four, five years. You got a little over $5,000. That's five racks. There's your dowry. You know, it's, at some point we can't be making excuses. There's DoorDash. There's Uber. There's there's everybody want to be an entrepreneur now. You know, there's ways to be money to make to make money. I don't I'm sorry. I'm just not accepting excuses. Hmm.
0: Oh, subhanAllah. I, I think um, Zarina. I'm sorry, I was cracking up. I apologize. I got tears in my. Eyes. I think I really threw everybody off with the turtles. We. <laughs> I this is my first time hearing the turtles for the diary. I don't know, Rose. Have you heard the? I didn't hear the turtles. Oh, you have heard the. Yeah, Fahim, I'm that's sorry. the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, the turtles are a thing. I. I, I mean, I've heard some things I heard. about it.
1: I never heard of it as a diary. That might be exaggeration, but they be. Uh, no. Brother. You never know. You never know. The next Michelangelo man might show up.
0: <laughs> just uh, no, i was joking.
1: No, I never heard of it as a diary, but it's possible. I just never heard of it because I would never. You know, if I married a couple, I wouldn't. Man, listen, man, you don't go put them, to, uh, take a tank and let them grow and get something else. At least the standard used to be the set of Sahih Bukhari, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least that. Yeah. Come on. <laughs>
0: right. Teach a couple of true Okay, yeah. subhanAllah. Oh, thank you so much for that. We appreciate you guys for keeping it light. Um, I know there was a brother that said he asked the question above. Sorry, brother. so many comments. If you could repost, I think your name is Abdul Wali Hassan. I'm so sorry. If you could repost, I would deeply appreciate it. I promise we'll get to your question. Um, I did miss a lot because you guys are so robust and some of the comments are coming fast. I deeply um, apologize for that. Um, But thank you so much for speaking on this. We are actually going to do a podcast on Dalry Madness um, since um, Sister Zarina brought that up. But I do want to just ask this final question. I want to really go around and ask everybody. um, And if it's okay, I'm going to start with you, Rose. What happens between the male and the female dynamic or husband and wife dynamic? When providing or finances become an issue, what happens to our relationships with our brothers when we can't come to the, on, get on the same page as it relates to providing or finances? Economically, um, raising up as a community, like Sister Zarina said, um, what what happens between um, the relationship between men and women?
4: Um, <laughs> for me, I think there's a certain level of respect and reverence that any woman is going to have for a man who is out there doing his best to cover all of the finances. Right. But even that, like for me, you know, I said I had that. I had that for a long time in my, my, you know, the entire duration of my marriage. But those finances were there, but there was so much else missing. Right. Like, so I think when you are, even if you are able to financially provide everything for your family, if you're not able to be there for them emotionally, if you're not able to be there for them physically um, and to actually take care of them in the, the whole family, then that level of respect just goes out the window. And it's not just finances. Like I don't, like like I said, like I had I had finances taken care of, but I still had no respect because you don't know how to take care of anything else. So I think it's just, you know, that respect just really goes out the window when you, you can't figure that out.
0: Mm,
4: and wow. your relationship will crumble without that. It's just.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Um, thank you very much. Imam Fahim, what happens between same question for you?
1: Um. It can become a disaster if you let it. But sometimes we have to remember, you know, finances, from my experience, a lot, there is always an issue in, in 90% of marriages, you know. And uh, you just have to learn how to navigate through them, you know. Uh, I can't remember this hadith of, of him. It says, uh, a, a man came to the Prophet, he said, uh, tell me, he said, give me some good news. said, uh said, uh, if you uh, renounce, if you renounce the world, then Allah will love you. But if you renounce what people have, then people will love you. So what that means is sometimes we have to detach ourselves from some of these things that have us chasing a bag, or we having these financial woes. When a lot of times we're just working to waste. You know, some in some instances we're working just to have excess, to have the option to waste. So sometimes. We got to remember that. And then at the same time, we got to remember no matter how much we chase a bag, how much economic bracket goes up, whatever we're going to make is already written, you know, and you're not going to make any more than that, you know, Mm -hmm. and the more that you make is already written too. So Allah already put that in your provision. And sometimes we got to remember that we just got to work it out. When you have financial situations, don't let them get in the way because they can. I mean, even after 23 years. I can tell you, they still get in the way, you know. Yeah. Why we don't got this? Why we ain't in a better position? You know, when are you gonna do this? You know, why haven't you done this? That it ain't gonna stop. But just know that, you know, uh we we Muslim, we we, we pray five times for, our time, man, for nothing, nothing, You know, you know, it means safe, safety and security, A secure to wear, no matter no matter what your situation, Allah who Allah who's take care, take care of it for you, you put you put trust in him. Sometimes it just got to be just that, you know what I mean? Sometimes it got to be a discussion. We can't afford this, you know? Maybe we sacrifice now and then later it's this. Maybe we forego this right now. Next year, next year we can do this. But discuss it, discuss it, you know, because it could be a financial uh, disaster in marriages, but don't let it overwhelm you because, uh, you know, I mean, I remember reading a report that said, you know, 70, 70% of people are living, you know, pay a check, a check. You know what I mean? And most people won't survive after three months. Well, you let us tell it online, you know, ain't nobody poor, ain't nobody broke, ain't nobody struggling. And the numbers, are, you know, the numbers say something different. So, you know what I mean? Sometimes just, you know, you regroup, reset, but don't let finances get it because they, because they can. You know, they, they, you. they can get ugly.
0: Thank you so much, Imam Fahim. If it's okay, I want to ask Serena and Hamza, I do want to ask you that same question, but I do want to just pull an audience questions, um, if that's okay. So, um, Zarina, I'm going to pose this one to you. I'm sorry, I didn't pre-read it, so I hope it is appropriate for you. But one of our teachers said, if the men knew the weight of the rights of the women have over us and the day we need a law about those rights, we would never worry about the rights we have over them. What do y'all say about men who throw the rights they have over women in their face but yet going 50 50? Oh, yes, I mean, this is perfect for you. <laughs> Sorry.
4: <laughs> you ain't right. But y'all would give me that because you from
2: Jersey.
0: <laughs> I love you.
2: There's <laughs> other men who the rights they have over women in their face. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I take very much issue with that because it's again this is part of where sometimes and we're all guilty of it where we want to cherry pick things from the dean or we want to put our own innovation of the dean in it and I'm like you know just like how I mentioned how today we have a woke era Islam is is a, is a religion that's already woke it's timeless it's just, it's it's, it's it, you know it's time bound it's it's not time bound it's not space bound and uh, Islam is a revolutionary religion. So we don't need, so when we, when, when men throw their rights into our faces and as far as the 50, 50 part, um, I don't really to answer your question. Um, a uh, brother, the, the 50, 50, that's all circumstantial between those spouses. If they decide, okay, this is what we're doing. And they're perfectly content with that. Um, I don't feel that has anything to do with how the brother is there throwing his rights into my face. Um, I don't demean him less just because we are in, the, in that position of us going 50-50. If he started where he was providing, and like in, in Imam Fahim's case, you know, both of them are working within their marriage it, it, and it may work for them. Inside, he might, he, might, he might feel some kind of way about it, but not so much so to where he's going to demean his wife where he's going to make her feel uh, uh, less than a woman or feel like that she's taking away from him from being a man. Um, so I take issue with that in general. When a man wants to throw his rights, he's so well-versed on his, but not well-versed with mine. Um, I think that all talks about, how, well, what what is it that we bring to the table? What do I bring to the table in my, in, in my marriage with you? And what do you bring to the table in your marriage with me? But we have to be very... More, very much more censored and really just be compassionate. We we can't keep referring to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How many times do we say Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a day? But we do not model what exactly how exactly how he was with people, his wives, with this deen. We have to be, spend more time studying him and really trying to model what it means to be compassionate, what it means to be merciful and forgiving and being respectful. When we learn about these things, about our prophet, Saron, we do not do him justice. And I feel that our community is really um, uh, putting a, a very ugly turn on Islam, on how we treat each other, even with non-Muslims. There are non-Muslims who have had horrible experiences with American Muslims, and, I just, and that breaks my heart to hear that. You know, so we have to really Try to be reflect, self reflect about how we um one. I feel like once we accomplish that, then the com- then the the issue of what we throw in our wives' faces or our husbands' faces about our rights won't be a conversation
0: anymore. Okay, thank you so much, Serena. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right, and we have to end the podcast, but I had to bring up Brother Umar's comments. Um, <clears throat> and Brother Hamza, I'll start with you. He said, please don't let your daughters think that they can be lazy and not be on top of the clean in their homes, expecting their husbands to cover all the finances and come home and have to step over stinky pampers. Please, I've been there. Brother Hamza, Um, what do you what do you say about this advice that Brother Omar gave?
3: I'm trying to unmute. Okay. I
0: think... Okay,
3: hear me. Yeah. Okay, Mashallah. Um, I think I think, I think we, were, we 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 step uh away from uh training our children to be to, to fit their but we, we we we. Brother um, Brother Hamza. And, um, brother
0: Hamza. make sure our
3: daughters are. Co-
0: brother Hamza. You hear me. No. You hear me. Your audio's no. Your audio's too in and out. Yeah, your audio's too in and out, brother. Um, is it would it be okay with you if i asked this to brother Fahim? It's so it's totally fine. Are you okay with that? Are you okay? Okay. Thank you so much for understanding. Imam Fahim really quickly if you could just speak on that and then we have to wrap up.
1: Man, who raised these dudes, man? Come on. You ain't been there on the other other side and you had to watch your kids while your wife was at work and you had to clean the house and cook dinner. You ain't did that. Man, listen, the old, the Islam said that a woman who prays her five salats fast during Ramadan and be dutiful to her husband, she will enter Jannah by any gate that she chooses. Do you know that people have to die to enter certain uh, gates of Jannah? That people have to fast sincerely to enter certain gates of Jannah? And a woman can just walk through anyone just by being dutiful to her husband and keeping her duty to Allah. The rest is on you, homeboy. Man, listen, we, we, what kind of names can we use here?
0: Oh, go ahead, bro. We, we good. You good.
1: When you bring your ass on, you pick that diaper up, man. (laughs) Man up, man. This is Kawama, man. We men, bro. You got to be a man. All right, I'm done. Yeah, I don't want to go because I'm
0: okay. Okay. And we will, and we, you know, I don't like to go past 90 minutes. Um, there's so much more to talk about, there's so much more in the. In this podcast. We are going to need a part two. We're probably going to continue this discussion when we have dowry madness, because that will also be about this context. So we're going to stretch it. So don't worry. We will invite you guys back to talk about this topic. I just wanted to just really thank, I mean, mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's so merciful, because a lot of times I just don't know who the panelists should be um, and, and how they're going to jive or what they're going to, you know, I just don't know. And I just ask Allah to guide and Allah is so merciful because you guys are so perfect. For this podcast i just wanted to really thank thank you so much rose for coming on i appreciate your dope perspective thank you for being honest and transparent i just really appreciate you just as a friend as a sister that's watched you grow myself i really appreciate you
4: thank you i'm so honored to be here and invite me back because i want to come back now
0: it was such a pleasure (laughs) it was such a pleasure iman fahim bro you mvp i really appreciate you um, again, I appreciate your vulnerability just as an imam, as a brother, as a man. And um, I just really um, deeply um, uh, benefited from your wisdom, is a clock Lockhart.
1: I appreciate you having me on because I know you had doubts. You'd be like, man, I don't know this dude. You know what I mean?
0: It, Allah chose. <laughs> no, it's, it's such a blessing. Marshall, I appreciate it. And Zarina Chow, you definitely come. I mean, you're probably going to come back for dowry da- um, because um, we got to talk more about the turtles. But um, I deeply appreciate your honesty, your willingness to just really push the needle to be very unapologetic. May Allah bless you and elevate you, sister.
2: SubhanAllah, thank you so much, sis, for even having this type of podcast and platform so we can have these discussions and get the public opinion. It was an honor to be on this panel. I definitely enjoyed everyone here. So thank you so much for having me.
0: I appreciate it. Brother Hamza, thank you so much. I appreciate you your perspective for staying strong and even working through all the audio and visual stuff i deeply appreciate you brother for coming on
3: alhamdulillah thank you for inviting me i'm 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 great here and i i love you guys immensely for so a lot i mean
0: thank you thank you audience members this was such a robust robust (laughs) discussion as you can tell this is an issue right This is an issue that you need to continue to have in your homes, um, with your spouses, with your children, with your imams, with your friends, with your community members. We have to, as a community, as as very specific to us as black Muslims here in this country, we have to move the needle um, as it relates to economic oppression. And we're not gonna be able to do that unless we come together on this issue. So may Allah continue to enlighten all of us and make us better. Ameen, thank you so much for being present, everyone. We, I have to announce this next week, we're gonna be back. Our podcast okay. is called Taming the Beast, The Art of Mastering Your Sexual Desires. And guess who's gonna be here, okay? The village auntie herself will be gracing the stage along with some dope panelists as well to have this conversation about, as we talk about stability, as we talk about accountability, not only do we need to master our finances, but we need to master our lower desires, our sexual desires, as Imam Fahim mentioned pimp culture. So we're going to get all into all of that next week. We love you guys radically. See you guys next week, inshallah. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa Wa alaikum salam.
1: Wa alaikum salam.